welcome to Spiritful Wanderings, and I'm back in the studio here with Rochelle, and we have a guest today, Miriam Martineau, and we are here to explore parenting. with parenting okay thank you for bringing me in here it's a beautiful morning Mm, um my relationship with parenting well the first thing that comes to mind is i'm a mom of a now 17 year old and we were just talking before we started about how she's now doing this outdoor program so there's definitely the phase of parenting that i'm in where she is spreading her wings further and further and she's touring the back country and learning about avalanches and all kinds of wild things. Um, I am trained as a psychologist and I specialized in youth and child psychology. And I think that really comes just from an innate, very natural curiosity and ease of being with children since I mean, consciously, I remember since being a teenager, I was always drawn to being with children. And I think that came from truly just the delight of the authentic space that exists um, with children. Mm. And I think I just tuned into that easily. And then they responded very naturally to that. And so it just became, like I said, just a delightful co-creation when I'd be with children. I often felt, in a way, more comfortable being with kids than with adults. Mm -hmm. Um, So then in my 20s, I was teaching. I moved to Canada, actually, when I was about 23. So I started teaching here before I started working as a therapist and uh, got very inspired by working with some families who were putting a lot of consciousness into their parenting and felt like there is so much there to be uncovered and discovered and brought to something that on the one hand is so natural and biological and yet that there's a potential there that is somewhat largely untapped when we really bring our full consciousness to it. Mm. So I think maybe that is enough as a quick intro. Mm -hmm. Um, Since then I've put together a course with my husband, Parenting as a Spiritual Practice, and I work as a parenting coach and as a therapist. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like so inspired by those words, the the capacity, like what the possibility that can be unlocked with bringing more consciousness to parenting, like this infinite well of what can be uncovered and explored. And yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for that. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> I know when I started parenting, I had no idea (laughs) as to what was going to be uncovered. And I don't think there's any way that you can prepare someone to understand what happens when that child enters your life. And if you're working from a place of awareness and and you're making that choice to consciously parent, there's just a cascade of healing and connection and unraveling Mm. that can happen if you give it the space to happen Mm. and when I had my son I had set up things from a traditional sense like we had created a nursery (laughs) and I mean we did have a midwife but we didn't really know what we were getting into until he came and then all of a sudden all the biology kicked in and decisions started to be made from a completely different place inside Mm -hmm. of me and the way that we went about things unfolded a lot differently than i had imagined Mm -hmm. what things can we have in place so that when we decide to bring a child into the world there's at least some things that can hold us and help us to move towards conscious parenting in a more easeful way. And mm. the first thing I wanted to bring up is 
is the community that you're in, the, the tribe of people that you're surrounded with. Hmm. And I know Miriam just mentioned that you had a community that inspired you in that direction. So maybe we want to talk about what someone might want to consider if they're bringing a child into the world and what kind of preparations they can make for that. Mm. I love how when questions come around parenting, it's like you ask the question and then the answers explode in like <laughs> so many directions. There's mm-hmm. so many ways we could go with this. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to say just at the onset is when we talk about conscious parenting, it can sound like something we place on top of parenting, but I think there's a full circle that happens where there's something very natural about parenting also. And I've seen very young mothers who were securely attached and Mm. have had an upbringing with not much trauma and are just feeling like a big part of their vocation on earth is to become a mother. And I've seen them glide into parenting with a really a beautiful ease and in a way a lot of consciousness embodied without having to think it through. Mm-hmm. So I sort of wanted to place that, that that exists too. And then on the other hand, this very thoughtful, when will we conceive? How are we going to do it? You know, I, I think of my husband and I, we discussed conceiving for 10 years before we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's a, a big spectrum there and it doesn't mean that when it happens just like that, it's necessarily less conscious. I think really conscious parenting is about bringing as much hurtfulness, love, intention, learning, curiosity, kindness, dignity, respect, integrity to each moment as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but that can happen from all kinds of vantage points and a mother and a father can be young or older. You know, it's not age dependent either. Mm-hmm. That being said, I have noticed that um, obviously from a, an energetic, maybe physical point of view, sometimes having a child earlier can be a good thing. But sometimes then the parents feel like they haven't experienced enough of their own life. Mm-hmm. And if you do want to go at it quite consciously, there is certainly in the early years quite a lot of surrender that happens, which you've probably experienced, Rochelle. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, it almost feels like a carving out of oneself. I often think of the image of, of a canyon where the water is rushing through and you're the canyon and you just kind of get carved out. And at one point, it's so natural that every child walking around could jump in your arms and would feel, it would feel quite at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but initially, you're a, you're, you've been working on becoming a somebody and there's this surrender to another person whose needs suddenly trump your own. It's quite a big deal. So how ready are you to not forget yourself, but in a way come second to another? Mm-hmm. Is, is somewhat age dependent and somewhat it's just where we're at um in our development as a human and then who we are as a type and temperament yeah mm-hmm. and it's i remember reading john cabot zinn's book and he said if, I, if someone asked me if i should have a child i tell them well would you be ready to go into the monastery for 20 straight years mm-hmm. and if you don't answer yes don't do it <laughs> <laughs> which is you know it's funny because we had kind of those conversations for 10 years you know where we had this um ideal of ideally you are enlightened before you have a kid right (laughs) and then on the other hand is like well then we might just never have a kid you know and and the clock is ticking and at Mm -hmm. one point it's like how conscious do you need to be and Mm -hmm. having become a parent um in my case at the age of 34 conceived 35 birthing her um, it felt like kind of a sweet spot for us, mm-hmm. right? Where it felt like we've we've had our 20s to explore and experiment and have adventures and sort of become our own selves. And so I really felt like I was not missing out on life after she came. I was not regretting that I couldn't go to this event or that party. It was like I'd, I'd done enough for me. Mm-hmm. So I think that was helpful. Just in my case, again, I think mm-hmm. every person's situation is so unique mm-hmm. that I would really tread carefully around making any generalizations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we would fool ourselves to think that we can get to a place where we are, we're ready. 
because part of the getting ready is in the doing of it. Mm-hmm. It's actually in the getting carved out. Like, it's a bit like how I'll often joke, you know, if someone says they're fully conscious and they've been, you know, sitting on a meditation mat or in a cave somewhere in the Himalayas, I'm like, okay, well, now step into relationship and then we'll see how much that mm-hmm. actually holds. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I really think, um, especially when we talk consciousness and we kind of go down the spiritual line of thought, we often forget the more somatic, emotional, psychological aspect. And so when you think about full, integrated, wholesome consciousness, it includes so much more than just sort of this ascending vertical move towards spirit. And it includes a very much or equally so this imminent drawing down of spirit into relationship into Mm -hmm. care for a baby into changing diapers as mindfully as you can into Mm -hmm. loving while things are uncomfortable and fierce um staying grounded when your teenager is upset with your choices Mm -hmm. you know it's a lot of it is actually very much a psycho-spiritual journey so yeah Mm. It's I love what you're saying about this organicness of it because so I'm not a parent yet, but I've had this interesting experience of I never was consciously moving towards parenthood. Like it wasn't like one day I was like, this is what I'm moving towards. But I've just been watching how life around me just is moving me that way, you know, where like things just are like the people all of a sudden I'm in a women's group and everyone has babies, you know, (laughs) or like just the way like even watching my body like getting ready and just like watching the field around me organize itself in that way without me having to be like, I need to do this or I need to make that happen. But it's just arriving like just, you know, someone just handing me like ovulation like just it's just happening around me and it feels like it's like that healthy blueprint of life sort of just like inviting inviting this this has been this has been my experience you know Mm -hmm. um so I have this experience of this like organic thing presenting itself to me and flowing me in this direction and marveling at that and then I have that the other half which is as a therapist who's done lots of studying of Um, imprints and like I've done a lot of pre and perinatal work and just knowing so much about (laughs) patterning and the brain and the nervous system and the and it's like this wealth of knowledge and I've been having this very interesting dance in myself between like knowing so much (laughs) and almost like whoa and then at the same time having this experience of like the water carrying me and I feel like I'm on this precipice of like how how do these two places come together the like intentional person inside who chooses you know based on knowledge and wisdom and the flow of the water that's just carrying you and I feel like what I'm finding is this like balance in the middle and I'm sure that's a question parents are dancing all the time is this dance between the surrender and the you know the self who has a like says yes or no or decides how it's gonna happen you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely and that carries into parenting and every moment because that's what you're dancing every mm-hmm. single moment right because things are coming up with the kids and it's every moment every day and that's what you're doing is how to hold that container and work with what is like show up for that moment and greet them in what's unfolding and also setting limits so that you're not, um, you know, I've had I had a few days where I just lay in the middle of the messy floor, paralyzed, <laughs> just lay there and go, oh wow, I just need to breathe right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is that that's the surrender? <laughs> surrender to what is true for you in that moment. <laughs> yeah the breath yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and then that also reminds me of you know when I first met Miriam and I took her course I learned so much more about understanding developmentally the state that my child was in Mm. and I found that so useful because 
I very well could have raised my child and been teaching them very practical knowledge at three and four years old, saying, okay, now the sun moves this way and the earth does this. And and Miriam showed me that there's so much coming in and you want to be really mindful about what's being absorbed and keep it kind of magical for a while. Don't expose them to things that can really rattle them or have them get set in their thinking have their egos develop quickly. Um, I just, I highly recommend Miriam's spiritual parenting course. Uh, I don't know if you're still offering that, but um, yeah, so I think if we can feel into the balance of knowledge Mm -hmm. versus the intuition, because there's so much out there that we're learning now about how children's brains develop and what they're needing from us in terms of support at different ages and stages Mm -hmm. and if parents understood that I think we could be in such a better place in general in our world I see I'm a part of a lot of groups on Facebook for parents and I see a lot of misunderstanding around readiness Mm -hmm. in children Mm -hmm. and so meaning like um, pushing them yeah, like having expectations that they understand how to behave in the way that you want them to mm-hmm. when there's no foundation for uh-huh. that yet. Uh-huh. Uh, or them being able to regulate their emotions in ways that they can't yet. Having And it puts a lot of pressure on them. Uh, and then you're going to see behavioral outbursts because they can't hold all that. Mm-hmm. Um, or or in, yeah. it's interesting in the somatic relational world, seeing the somatic implications of that, of that, like being pushed into something developmentally that your brain and your body isn't ready for. And it creates a lot of bracing. Mm-hmm. It's like a certain type of developmental trauma where the person's holding and bracing a lot and often creates a lot of anxiety when they're moving towards something because it's <laughs> I like know this. all about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I also have a familiarity with that one. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I I just appreciate that Miriam's bringing into the world more awareness that what children are, like to understand their inner worlds as their little people, to really get down there and, and be with them at their level. Mm. Um, not meaning that you're not the leader, but that you're understanding them and mm. where they're at in their bodies and in their minds Mm -hmm. and um, offering them a really safe space to land when they need you. Mm. Yeah. It makes me, the word that is coming through as you say that is attunement, like just attuning to where they are. Yeah. And I mean, I'd love for Miriam to give some specific examples um, of things that support parents in understanding how they're going to meet their children in maybe a couple different developmental phases, like just maybe common things that people might miss with their children in parenting. Mm -hmm. So to save us going into all the different stages, because you can kind of cut that pie into like lots of little slivers or bigger ones. um, Maybe I'll just start by saying actually, you know, piggybacking on what you said around attunement. I think one of the practices I suggest a lot is the ongoing practice of um, getting behind your child's eyes because then you don't need to memorize a map of what stage they're in of course you need to use your intuition your imagination knowledge is good if you have some sense of the stages um, but but even if you have the stages it's not always going to match every mm-hmm. single situation right because next to stages we also have states of consciousness and so we can drop down into a a a much younger state or we can sometimes be surprised by incredibly mature states in our (laughs) children too so it's that states are fluctuating right they come and go like weather patterns whereas stages are more the the structures of consciousness that you've kind of arrived at and can count on so the the uh the practice of just constantly attempting to get behind your child's eyes and behind their bodies and inside their heart like literally imagine how does the world feel like how does it smell how does it look how does it taste how does it appear right now from within that other set of eyes Mm -hmm. and have that then inform how you um are engaging with them so that does take 
it takes good observation. It takes that willingness to drop your own story, your mm -hmm. own version of reality, to suspend <clears throat> it for a moment, at least kind of put it on the shelf for a bit, and then just be attentive. So, for example, if you're in a big shopping mall with a newborn, you might be super excited that you finally get to go out and kind of show your baby to everyone who's ooing and eyeing as they see this cute little being. And then once in a while, you might check in and go, how is this appearing now behind these fresh eyes? And the lights are kind of intense and there's a lot of sound. Mm -hmm. And we've been in here for half an hour and she or he is starting to stir and not look so content anymore. Mm -hmm. So then that would be a really good hint to get out of there mm -hmm. and get into nature or go home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're with a teenager who comes home and you're very curious how the day was and you're like, how was it? Who did you hang out with? Who did you spend lunch with? What did you learn? All these things that come from a good intention place of wanting to connect. But then again, when you take the hint that, you know, they're, they seem a little bit more shut down or a little quiet, and then you put yourself behind their eyes and you go, hmm, I know my kid's more of an introvert. That was a big day, maybe. Maybe mm -hmm. things happened, social dynamics. Who knows what? I actually don't know, right? It could be mm -hmm. that you just don't know in that moment. So just give, give some space. Mm -hmm. So, or if they're abrupt with you or demanding to... One of the things I always say is like, can we remember that everyone does make sense? And that doesn't mean mm -hmm. like logical sense, mm -hmm. but there's always a reason why people do what they do. Yeah. So can we remember that no matter their age, they are sense making with the capacities they have. And my job as a parent is to try and almost be like a detective, like mm -hmm. figure out what's going on? How are they making sense in this moment? Because their story could be so different than my story. Mm -hmm. And so that really helps then with the attunement to the stage. Mm -hmm. um, I think as a general overarching piece around stages, I would say, and this is maybe what you were remembering from the parenting course you took at the time, is when they're little, when they're newborn, they're um, their level of absorbing is super high. They're like these wide open sponges. And if you look at newborns, you know how they've got their eyes like wide open, almost like they're not blinking and it's just like life's just coming in. Whoa. And I think that's sometimes why towards the end of the day they get, you know, cranky, cranky. and fussy. Because it's like, that was a lot. I see that in my new puppy. Oh, there you go. That's <laughs> happening in the dog species too. So, um, so yeah, the, the, the degree of ab absorbing which I think is, is designed that way so that we are completely open to become part of the world, to become part of the tribe, the village, the family, right? We're, we're wide open to learn and take in. So that's going on. And at the same time, the level of discernment is at its lowest. And that doesn't mean that if you watch a child, you can't tell if something's okay for them mm -hmm. or not. So there can be a very direct somatic discerning that's happening. Like I've noticed with our daughter, if she would meet someone um, and they'd want to reach out and pick her up right away, I could just watch her. And if she would just turn her head away, I'd know, you know, she's saying actually no. Mm. So it's not that they're not feeling things and responding, but the, the conscious discernment is at its lowest. And so in that sense, um, the younger they are, the more you as parent need to step in as in a way gatekeeper and be there as a protection and decide what comes in and what doesn't and be their voice. Um, and then as they grow, the capacity for discernment gets bigger and bigger and they also become less absorbent, actually. Yeah, I see and, it as a spiral. So it's like we're really, really there for them in a very, uh, well, we're always attuned to them, but it's even more attentive when they're younger. Mm -hmm. And then as they're moving away from us, we can give more space for them to take in the world and Absolutely. make their own decisions. Yeah, they need to yeah. become their own gatekeepers eventually. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd sort of become a police force. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so it's a handing over. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big part of looking at it through the lens of development is they are maturing. And the more they can do, the less you need to do for them. Um, but not to forget. Like, I find this is something that happens a lot with conscious, like, attempts to parent consciously is there's this incredible um, gesture of surrendering and giving over and uh, kind of putting out the red carpet for the child. 
But then once the child's will kicks in, which is around, you know, it starts around one and a half all the way to three, you can start feeling there's a counterforce. Mm-hmm. And if then you would just keep giving in, giving in, surrendering, you're actually doing a disservice, right? So you need to change your parenting style in a way, like, and, and become really good at doing two things. Can you both be there unconditionally present and loving and caring and have boundaries and clear lines and nose, mm-hmm. healthy nose in relationship to certain behaviors? And can you just start doing those two things at the same time? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you actually end up with you know, a gesture towards a child that is incredibly unfair because they don't realize that they need to also learn how to adapt mm-hmm. to life mm-hmm. and they just expect to be constantly accommodated. Mm-hmm. So you, you could actually end up with an incredibly entitled child. Yeah, that's what Newfield or, speaks con- to. And confused yeah. too, right? Yes, because really. like, that's not what life is. Life yeah. actually exists out of yeses and nos. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I see that a lot in sort of the, you know, that whole realm of conscious parenting, which sort of then blends into very permissive parenting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it often comes out of a trauma that parents have Mm -hmm. or just bad memories of Mm -hmm. having been raised in a very authoritarian way Mm -hmm. and it's like you just do this because I say so well they really really don't want to do that and so then they swing the pendulum over to the other side and so I think I mean, here we're touching into this whole thing of you need to keep growing yourself up Mm -hmm. and integrating as you are parenting because if you have um, some trauma or some healing to do around just the energy of no and boundaries, it's going to be really hard for you to deliver those well uh-huh. to your child. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what, Rochelle, you were speaking to at the beginning. It's like parenting is this incredibly, I think, I think pretty perfect recipe for personal and spiritual growth if you're willing to do it. Mm-hmm. Because you've got the ingredient of caring so much like you care so much about your kid, your kids. You're incredibly vulnerable and in a way humble because even if you think you've read all the books and you've studied all the psychology, it <laughs> brings you to the edge of the unknown because no single book on earth around parenting will ever tell you what to do in every single moment of life with your kid. Mm-hmm. It's impossible, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is this this beautiful... Uh, mirroring that happens mm-hmm. right where mm-hmm. you are so in a way you you can both be co-regulating or co-dysregulating mm-hmm. and so you're in this dance constantly with your child um where if you're paying attention to what's going on on your interior it's like a it's mm-hmm. like a 24 7 life lesson going on. <laughs> i know yeah i i've said that often that you know oh i often wanted to be a nun and and it's this is much more grueling mm-hmm. being a parent much yeah. more grueling every day you're it's digging something up mm-hmm. and you're getting to show up for it yeah if you're or willing not. to face into it there's no escaping <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. right and yeah. that's where i think the deep care one has for a child mm-hmm. is a really helpful ingredient for that recipe uh-huh. it's like you you'll go places that you just might not otherwise you'll go places that your ego would uh-huh. not want to go uh-huh. because the love for your kid is actually stronger <laughs> yeah yeah and so i think that's really a battle cool. that you can witness in a lot of parents is that battle of looking at that mm-hmm. and resistance to looking at the pieces that are mm. really sticky. Yeah. Yeah. So you were asking about developmental stages. Um, I, I, I'm going to keep it more in the broad sweep of they at the beginning are dependent on us for everything. Mm-hmm. And so they need to borrow even our nervous systems, mm-hmm. right, to learn how to soothe themselves they are they're borrowing really everything they're borrowing our value systems our sense making the way we perceive like we really are their models for life and um and then as they mature i'd say around between five to seven there's a very interesting phase where they can start holding more than one emotion at at a time Mm -hmm. so before that they're when you know when they're feeling sad it's like sadness is who they are when they're feeling happy they're filled with happiness um when they feel distrust it floods them like whatever feeling they have kind of overtakes them but between about five to seven with more sensitive kids sometimes a little later because they've just got to navigate more um they can start holding two things at the same time which is really beautiful because it can it can temper things Mm -hmm. so they might feel very upset with their sibling 
and they can also remember that they do love their sibling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That actually kind of blends and 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 makes it more manageable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I remember that phase of asking, <laughs> saying at around five or six, and them noticing there's another thing happening too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. There's a bit of a loss of innocence that happens there. I remember yeah. my daughter once just going. I miss when I was younger. It was so much more simple, uh-huh. right? And it was just uh-huh. that one thing at a uh-huh. time. And yeah. suddenly there's a bit of complexity that comes into play. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's one thing I do think worth, when we talk about the developmental arc and we talk about conscious parenting, there's something that I live with daily um, still now. And it's like when we approach parenting with consciousness, in a way we're trying to create a fairly ideal setting, Right? We're trying mm-hmm. to be present so they can attach securely, so they can learn how to regulate well, so that they feel protected and cared for and stimulated and alive and can follow their passions and interests, like all these great things. And then there's the interface with the world at large. And if you don't prepare them for that, the shock of that mm-hmm. can sometimes be so jarring that it can almost... Um, compromise some mm-hmm. of what you've actually been trying to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if if the whole world were sane, it would be awesome. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, would, then there would just be this very um, natural, natural, uh-huh. you know, because the movement of a child is to go into uh-huh. ever widening circles of uh-huh. care and interest, and like they want to go travel at one point and meet new people, and mm-hmm. um, and, but uh, you will you when you when you focus on parenting with consciousness it's not going to be perfect I don't think that even exists I don't think it needs to but you will hopefully have created kind of a sanctuary a home space and then you can you know going back to your thought at the very beginning hopefully you can co-create a village that Mm -hmm. also feels like an extension Mm -hmm. of that but eventually they're going to learn that animals are going extinct Mm -hmm. and that the climate Mm -hmm. is in jeopardy and that a lot of adults don't even know how to talk about different perspectives with decency (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. crazy things like that Mm -hmm. and uh so how can you this is for me a developmental question so it's very alive is how can you keep their sensitivity alive because when they've been parented with the, the way we've been touching on lightly here how can you keep their sensitivity alive their hearts that are open their trust in the universe how can you keep that present when faced then with mm-hmm. a world that is quite dysfunctional mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um because it if if they just get thrust into it they can become incredibly dismayed also mm-hmm. depressed mm-hmm. and and basically and shut down anxious mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and they can also build suddenly a very strong ego structure to protect themselves right. mm-hmm. so, or or just get really knocked over in it yeah just get yeah. really lost in yeah. it and yeah and i've just talked to quite a few families now where that is happening mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a really big question from a developmental perspective. And I think my answer to this so far, and it's a work in progress, you know, mm-hmm. also in our family, but it's to rather than to feel like you need to, um, well, keep protecting them. I don't think that's actually a reality. They need to spread their wings. Mm-hmm. They need to become their own sovereign person. So that one's out. Um, so then rather than creating walls or a stronger ego or a, bigger fence around it's to actually nurture and grow a sturdiness from inside Uh you know i'm looking at this beautiful image of a tree you have here so it's like Mm. allowing that tree trunk to grow in strength and sturdiness so that the branches the the the, those antenna that are so sensitive out to the world can remain that way Mm -hmm. because really we don't need more shut down hearts in Mm -hmm. the world right Mm -hmm. we need Mm -hmm. very sensitive feeling caring deeply concerned hearts but with this fortification from within mm-hmm. it makes me think of in the nervous system this process of it's like feeling things that are overwhelming or feeling things that are but you've got enough resource inside mm-hmm. that you can feel it right so yeah. instead of the not going there it's like this intentionality of like going there mm-hmm. but having a not like kind of that awareness of not being thrust totally into overwhelm yeah. and mm-hmm. I know that that was my experience growing up because I grew up in a small town and my parents were fairly conscious for the time mm-hmm. like I actually had quite a bit of safety and holding compared mm-hmm. to a lot of people around me and so when I went out into the city I was just like complete it was just you know I'd went to school with the same people my whole life mm-hmm. you know and it was like the thing that I would say now that I understand my nervous system is it was just 
too much to process for my nervous system. I would have needed more titration Mm -hmm. or more like a little bit at a time because it was just like I couldn't process it. Yeah. It was just like the lack of being able to process it from, yeah, from that place. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of ties in with the, you know, you're absorbing less, you're discerning more. Can it be a gradual rather than, like you said, sort of a shocking uh-huh, uh-huh. moment, can you be so tuned in developmentally? And it's hard sometimes. And sometimes things just happen, like mm-hmm. the child's favorite auntie dies mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, things happen too. Mm-hmm, so then you mm-hmm. have to work with integrating that. But um, can can it be gradual at a pace and at a pace which will be unique to each child? Some people mm-hmm. and some children just voracious. They just like bring it on, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. others are more tentative. Mm-hmm. And then there's everything in between, right? Mm-hmm. So, at a pace that works for the unique child, can you gradually bring it in and understand that heartbreak is part of being human? Yes, like that's I important. remember when my daughter she was ten and she learned that the the uh, polar bears were were endangered and she was heartbroken Mm -hmm. and it was heartbreaking Mm -hmm. I remember just being in tears myself I was like I'm so sorry I'm Mm. so sorry that this is the world that is and being heartbroken and then trying to find ways that we can act and and hopefully make good change in the world is part of being human too Mm -hmm. that is in a way a growing of sturdiness right Mm -hmm. it's not to protect her from the heartbreak Mm -hmm. and I felt like at 10 she's ready for it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and another kid might be ready at 7 and another at 14 and the adult I feel like so many adults are learning how to do that right now (laughs) right Right? like that's such a process we're all in right now like okay how much of the bigger world and what's going on can I take in okay now I need to resource myself gatekeeping ourselves yes we're all I feel like we're kind of all doing that and that's really hard to be doing that while you're raising children right right yeah I feel a lot of compassion for parents right now that dance but you know one of the things I'm hearing as a theme I just want to speak to it because I've and this is is just this theme of this like that's beyond the mind or beyond the but the dance of the parent and the child and Mm -hmm. this like innate and I understand trauma can get in the way of this but just that innate knowing inside of that dance Mm -hmm. like I can really feel in everything you're speaking I can feel it this like this like movement um together and where I can relate to that is in my work when I'm doing developmental trauma work because I do um, somatic work pre and perinatal and my nervous system is becoming the parent for that mm-hmm. ner- nervous system and I always think it's pretty magical how when I'm in my body I can feel when they need me closer mm-hmm. and then when they're in an, uh, an older developmental stage they need me further back mm-hmm. and that my body actually knows how to move with them you know if I'm listening if mm-hmm. I'm listening and if I'm and how their body is giving me all these cues about that um and so I just am feeling like how much there is this this innate organic wisdom that's carrying it all. Yeah, and I love that you talk about it as a dance mm-hmm. because we can think it's just they need us very much at the beginning and uh-huh. then less and less and less, and uh-huh. that's actually not true. Uh-huh. There are some very sensitive phases. I'd say the preteen phase is one where they need you more again, not less. Right. Right. So it's it's it really is a dance, and if you're um, attuned and if you have insight into developmental phases and you know how much un undoing and restructuring is happening in a preteen uh-huh. brain uh-huh. well it's kind of like a toddler all over again yes. just yeah. in a bigger body right and so you know I, I remember one of my best friends in Switzerland her kids she had two and she just intuitively caught that and I, I mm. thought it was so beautiful like mm-hmm. she had you know, started part-time work when they were a little older and then she'd gone to full-time work. And then when they hit that preteen phase, she wound it back down and she actually was full-time home again for a few years simply because she started noticing that her being there when they walk in the door is actually really, really important. Uh (laughs) Even uh if they weren't talking to each other, just that she was there as a presence to come home to. And then she kind of, you know, and and then it widened out again after that. But I think the dance piece is huge. Mm -hmm. And the other piece, I just didn't want to forget what you mentioned at the very beginning, Rochelle, was when do we become parents and what's the village or what's the community around us? I think if you find yourself in a community where you're sharing 
more values rather than less values where you feel like most people your child will encounter those will be good encounters Mm -hmm. it allows um it allows all the nervous systems to relax Uh you know the more you can have in a way some some sanity some wholesomeness in the bigger circle even if it's just the neighbor to your right and to your left or the village actually or a created village where like I remember with my family's far away they live in Switzerland and so part of our village was that my dad um was giving English lessons to my daughter every week on Zoom Mm -hmm. as part of our homeschooling village, right? Mm. So you can piece together your village Mm. in all kinds of ways now. Mm -hmm. But I do think the um, part of the sturdiness, it's not just from within, but it's also this embrace Mm -hmm. from the outside. And in that way, I think sometimes when we travel away from our our village of origin or our family of origin or our culture, Sometimes that can give you a lot of freedom to kind of recreate, to do it your own way, to do it differently. And that's really awesome. And sometimes it can feel very alone, mm-hmm. as in you don't have those structures that are just there to help to with childcare or yeah. support. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's a dance to that one. It's like, how much can you spread your own wings as a parent and not just repeat, mm-hmm. kind of do what I call secondhand parenting? Like, how can you step into firsthand parenting where you're looking at what was passed to you and you're picking it up and going do I want to keep it do I want to recycle it do I want to bring this to the dump just (laughs) those three questions over and over again whether it's a concept a value a word a habit um, because you're really creating culture in your family Mm -hmm. and if you want to do it consciously it means looking at everything with your eyes wide open and making new choices Mm -hmm. and some of those new choices can be I'm going to do this exactly the way my dad did it because I loved it so much Mm -hmm. and it worked really well Mm -hmm. and another time it can be like got to change this up a little bit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah that whole thing I think of where do you parent and who is your village because I think trying to do it on your own it works to a point but a child's developmental thrust is to become part of the bigger whole Mm -hmm. which is the village and then the country and then overseas and you Mm -hmm, know hopefully mm -hmm. eventually the whole universe Mm -hmm. well and i'm feeling how helpful that is for when you have a felt sense of you leave the nest and this is what safety feels like or this is Mm -hmm. what attunement feels like then it's so much easier to discern when you encounter something that doesn't feel right or you know you now have this discernment because i noticed that that can be so hard is when there's this lack of discernment or not yeah. knowing or, or not having had the felt sense of being met by the larger world in a safe enough way mm-hmm. that we can we can sense the difference, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think if there's one tool around that whole topic of sturdiness that you can impart to a child, mm-hmm. it is self-knowledge, not in an intellectual mm-hmm. way, but in a, in a whole somatic feeling mm-hmm. and intellectual way. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say, I mean, it's kind of neat to um, now have parented myself for 17 years, but also being part of a community of parents who, you know, some of them are graduated and now adults and have have all really brought a lot of consciousness to this adventure. And to see the the at-homeness that these kids have, and Mm. it's not perfect, and some days they doubt themselves Mm. and they don't know, and there can be peer pressure, but but through the thread that I see through is an astounding degree of discernment uh-huh, uh-huh. and perception and sense making um, that goes beyond a lot of adults that I'm yeah, yeah. Uh, that I'm observing. Yeah, yeah. This is our evolution. Yes, mm-hmm. that's why I truly believe that this path of conscious parenting can change the world uh-huh. yeah yeah i yeah. totally agree i've always called it long-term activism yes like yeah. it's kind of it's a it's a long right arc, right yeah. <laughs> oh man foundational foundational yeah. activism just to speak to that i know for me just like in my life because my parents really nurtured you know in the way they could that inner knowing like mm-hmm. that was valued in my home and it saved my butt a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like in moments where it didn't make any sense and nothing around me was telling me not to do something or but that inner place mm-hmm. that inner place of knowing that has saved me so many times mm-hmm. or guided me in a way that there's no way that anything else could have guided me in that mm-hmm. way you know it's like our superpower mm-hmm. and it's a simple thing to offer to a child because right. really it's can you treat them as a whole person no matter yeah. their age yeah. yeah can you can you actually regard them as a full individual as full as you are yeah and at the same time, so there's two things, um, 
can you do that and at the same time realize they are young and little and they need your guidance uh-huh, uh-huh. and we tend to tip towards one or the other right it's like they're the full person so whatever they say goes right <laughs> that is very partial or <laughs> they're just a little person so I'm in charge they do whatever I say also yes. partial so can you combine those two but if you do you know they end up feeling guided and hopefully they can take on more and more of their own guidance as they get older mm-hmm. that would be the the project and and through it all that they feel like they have been valued and met as a real person mm-hmm. and I think when we do that well for one thing it's so much more fun to be with them because <laughs> right. you're actually hanging out with a person it's amazing yeah. uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. but then there's that innate Mm-hmm. sense of self mm-hmm. that you were talking to mm-hmm. that, you know we you yeah. don't lose it you yeah. you never you always had it and you never lost it yeah yeah and it's and like what a valuable and really it just feels like it's so much this um and I feel like this is a lot of what my work is it's just like feeling that authenticness in the other and just feeding it and yeah. watering it and welcoming it and yeah. acknowledging it and noticing it great boundary mm-hmm. or oh whoa you were so clear about mm-hmm. that you know just like really welcoming that being to be here yeah you know Yeah, you make a good point there, you know, and it's important, I think, when we talk about conscious parenting or somehow raising the bar of how we could do it differently or better or with more, with, you know, with more care Mm -hmm. is to remember that it's never, never too late Mm -hmm. to catch up or heal. Right. And also to remember it will never be perfect. Yes. I mean, I'm saying this just from my vantage point. I could be wrong, but I I doubt I'm wrong on this one. I don't think it'll ever be perfect. Uh And it's amazing um, as in my work as a therapist to see people who've they They've really kind of had it all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. attached, securely, loving mm-hmm, parents, mm-hmm. beautiful life. And they're still dealing with anxiety and yeah, yeah. self-doubt and not feeling enough. Right. And then I see kids who've had really challenging lives and <laughs> yes. they come out and they've got a sturdiness and a confidence. And yes, they need to do healing in certain areas, but it's a mixed bag both ways. Um, so to me, conscious parenting is not about expecting perfection or you know it's it's really just can we do the best we can with what we've got can we remember Mm -hmm. it's a practice Mm -hmm. right it's like a muscle that we keep training Mm -hmm. can we also hold ourselves in that same kind regard of we're also practicing Mm -hmm. so more to see ourselves as we're humans on a journey our child is at the beginning of the journey so you know, we're, we're both practicing. Hopefully we have some wisdom we can impart to our children because we've mm-hmm. been at it for longer, but we're all practicing. Mm-hmm. And, and we all come differently wired and with different temperaments mm-hmm. and a different constitution and capacity to start with. So it's more like you do the best you can and then there's this humbleness of, and life's one big mystery. <laughs> so mysterious. <laughs> and even just the soul of someone, you know, like, yeah. what, like what the soul someone comes in with yeah. and then the yeah. resources that come with that mm-hmm. and the way that then they're going to relate with whatever's happening in this totally mm-hmm. different way. Yeah. yeah. You should see it like with having more than one child. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely shocking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. shocking that those two beings came from the same two. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wow. It's um what a journey. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, they don't come as blank slates. No, not at all. And uh-huh. I think that sensing into the soul uh-huh. is in a way a really beautiful way to uh, to be with them as full full persons mm-hmm. because their soul doesn't actually need to get developed mm-hmm. or constructed or figured out. It's already there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like helping it learn how to be here. Yeah. yeah. And, and just and uncovering give, it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. helping it find ways to express itself. Yes. Right. To express yes. itself. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I find that's such a dance with each child because one of them can be a lot easier for you to mm-hmm. understand and attune to. Right. And the other one can just be this complex enigma mm-hmm. that you're... <laughs> incessantly sorting out and trying to feel into and it's it forces you into this very flexible place of okay I have to let go of everything I thought I was in a relationship Mm -hmm. how can I relate Mm -hmm. to this child Mm -hmm. yeah what a dance Mm -hmm. (laughs) wow and also just the um you know I've had this experience with my parents where I've shared with them like it's kind of this marvel like Almost like sometimes I feel like they w- planted and watered some seeds that then I moved into in my life. Mm-hmm. But then it's like 
such a co-creation because they planted those seeds because of the soul that I was Mm -hmm. you know like this is the interesting it's like my soul inspired them in a certain Mm -hmm. way and then that inspired them to and this like it's like this amazing co-created tapestry really totally Mm -hmm. and it's one of the most beautiful gifts I think parents can give their children in in the long arc of time is Uh to stay open to that dance Uh you know I I think I'll always be thankful to my parents like they're still learning and curious right um in relation to myself and my siblings and Mm. so I feel like and and I hope I can do that for my daughter too I mean she is already teaching me so much you know from like really cool life hacks to just insights (laughs) and ways of being Uh um so I think I think that dance really can continue and it's actually one of the ways that we as we go as we get older, we can stay alive uh-huh. is, right, is right, by right. really staying receptive to uh-huh. the whole span of life, yeah. um, all the way to the to the littlest people. Mm-hmm. Um, Neuroflexibility, yeah, Neuro- or yeah. neuroplasticity, and and in a way, what you said, Courtney, uh, remembering evolution, uh-huh. you know, it really can keep sweeping through us yeah. as we're in the presence of all the ages, but especially the the younger ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's just such a wow. What a because the, the, what I always love about parenting and about but this is me because I do constellations work and mm-hmm. this like I work in the field a lot is I'm just fascinated about the spiral of imprints mm-hmm. and the way that like the experiences of our parents and our grandparents and our like are moving through us mm-hmm. you know like they're 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 spiraling through us and we're like moment by moment we are being fed by them and we're rewriting them totally <laughs> and it's like this constant dance of like the past moving through. Yeah. And then meeting this present moment and the way that the healing happens. And yeah. one of the things that I just marvel at watching in children and families and is this orchestration of ancestral healing mm-hmm. that just happens just by people being present. And yeah. life just has this way when we're present with it of delivering like just the thing to the field yeah. to allow something new to happen. And yeah. it's just this like grand like uncovering and weaving and alchemizing alchemizing <laughs> alchemizing yeah yeah and it, you're touching on in a way where <clears throat> the individual and the and and humanity is your whole touch uh-huh. right because I, I i don't know if you've experienced that but where you feel like you have done some healing on behalf of for sure your ancestors and it actually reaches into what yes. feels like the past yes mm-hmm. yes um and rewrites and, the future yeah so uh-huh. what has imprinted you you can actually come full circle and imprint backwards yeah. or forwards yeah yeah <laughs> yeah all at once yeah it's it's amazing and really that's what I think conscious parenting is is you are or that's my sense of it is you're meeting those places you're Mm -hmm. meeting those places and and with the consciousness you're 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 both choosing how to relate with it different and life is inviting something different. Yeah, and I think it's that both and, because it's like uh-huh. you're stepping into the river that's right. already flowing. Right. And then, but you with your conscious, co-creative, choiceful capacity can steer to some degree how mm-hmm. the water flows. Mm-hmm. But it's flowing anyways. Yeah. So can you do the, and that's partly the humbling part. It's like it's flowing anyways uh-huh. and you have what you have and you are who you are. And your child comes not as a blank split slate, but as who they are. So there's a lot of givens, yeah, and then there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of potential for steering things uh-huh. and making choices and uh-huh. changing the flow. Um, you know, yeah. having the channel flow slightly differently, yeah. which is kind of exciting. It's yeah, so empowering. exciting. Mm. It's like yeah, empowering and meaningful, right? Yeah. Like suddenly, oh. it's 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 a parenting. Like like we talked earlier, I think it's, I really think it's one of the most important tasks on earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's <laughs> like, it that, and, and when I look at the, like the way that I have found my way in my despair about the planet or about what I'm seeing is I always, I always come back to when p- humans are embodied and they're in themselves and they're tuned in. They are able to tune into the earth and the environment and they want to do good things. Yeah. And so like the, it feels like the project is how do we have more of that on the planet? Mm-hmm. And then naturally everything is going to come more into balance, you know? And so I know for me, I've, I've found that I'm not a parent yet, but um, in other ways in my work and in how I'm, it just feels like that is the way of the evolution, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think it matters uh, a lot. Um, 
you know, because I think the forces that we also have co-created as a humanity that are pushing now against conscious parenting yeah. or against consciousness are quite amplified with all the technology we have at our fingertips. Right, so right. the gatekeeping is a whole other conversation, <clears throat> but you know, once you have a phone, basically your house doesn't really have walls anymore. Right. And so whatever you've done as far as sanctuary really needs reinforcing. And like I said, that's a whole other conversation, but I, I do think we're up. Right. We're up against a reality that is, um, in some ways we have so much to help us parent more consciously. We've got a lot of research and insight around development and just around human psychology. Um, and at the same time, there's a, there's a lot that is really pulling families apart uh -huh. right now. So right. Be you mean because they're being pulled into, I mean, I guess like other realms or by other that are outside of the structure of the I family. I think because the world's kind of slightly insane at this point, actually, <laughs> yes. if I'm just going to be blunt. Yes. And so, you know, you can do your gatekeeping to a certain point, uh -huh. but at one point your kid has to do the gatekeeping. Yes. And mm -hmm. like I said, if the culture around us was a healthy, wholesome mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. with great values and invigorating, inspiring mm -hmm. stories and movements towards true justice, mm -hmm. um, then that would all work just beautifully. You could just kind of progress on that path of development. But it's like you, you do your best and at one point they're growing up and the world that they're entering is, like I said, I think quite insane at this point. Yeah. It doesn't oh mean there's lots, there's not a lot of amazing stuff happening yes. there. Obviously there's yes. so much good. Yeah. Um, it's just that the, the forces that are very shallow and um, very much bound around ego identity yeah. are really strong right now. Yes. It's almost like an intensification of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like you could just stand and look at that and just be horrified forever. <laughs> like really to stand and looking like just over and over horrified, you know, it's like, wow. Yeah. So back yeah. to how can we keep and because the question is alive for our kids as much as for us. How can uh -huh. we keep our hearts open? Yes. And how can we remain really because we need the sensitivity to be able to attune yes. right to each other, yes. to ourselves, yeah. to work to the world at large. Yeah. So how can we keep that alive and then really keep growing our sturdy roots and tree trunk? Oh, yeah. And that's where, I mean, for me, like that the, and the and community, like living here, you mm -hmm. know, is so nurturing, mm -hmm. just having good people and being in the woods and just yeah. like f putting wood on the fire and like just all these simple things that build that, yeah. that um, sturdiness. And I found with my 15 year old son that it's involved <clears throat> a great deal of conversation mm -hmm. <laughs> daily. Just checking yeah. in on a daily basis. Right. You know, what's what's happening in your day? What have you been exposed to? Right. <laughs> what do you need to make sense of today? Right. And um, luckily, he does a really good job of that. Mm. And I'm really proud of his sturdiness. Mm. Uh, yet, it's not always easy. It's not, yeah. you know. My second child is a lot more, even though we've kept her even more than we did him because of her sensitivities, the anxiety is, is real. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy thing to navigate, mm -hmm. that, that being that interface. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But just what you're saying there is, I think one of the most powerful things you can do is keep the conversation going. Yeah. Because there is this tendency that once they start pushing you away or becoming their own selves and individuating and differentiating, and there is, especially in the preteen phase, there's often a phase of like, don't touch me, leave me alone, uh -huh. you know? But I've seen this over and over again, and I, I was talking with a teacher um, from a Quaker school in Philadelphia who's been teaching for close to 30 years now, and he says it's such a pattern that children who are well attended attached where the the relationship has really had a strong foundation mm -hmm. while they do that differentiation they it's like a boomerang they they curve back so much quicker right and right. so by the age of 15 16 they can already be coming back home uh -huh, you know but right, more with right. their own consciousness right. intact and having those conversations cool. so but i think when when that pushing away happens a lot of parents maybe out of their own tender self mm -hmm. and feeling um, hurt, mm -hmm. they pull away. Mm -hmm. And so there's more and more pulling away 
and the teenagers are kind of left to grow themselves up mm-hmm. um, or to grow themselves up amongst their peers. Mm-hmm. And so the move to do almost a counter-instinctive thing, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is when your teenager is maybe a little gruff or not as friendly or not as loving as your cute mm-hmm. six-year-old used to be, yes. you actually lean in, not in a, in your face, but in your space. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just go in and what I do is I just go and lay on his bed. <laughs> I go in and lay down. Exactly. Exactly. Hi, I'm here. Yeah. And then it just comes out. Yeah. It's uh-huh. like just being there. Right. I'm just giving some practicals to yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I often say with yeah. parents uh-huh. of teenagers is just be in their space. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just Not enter in their, their space. space. You've got to court space. them, definitely. <laughs> and sometimes my daughter's literally too busy. It's not she's mm-hmm. she'd actually like to hang out, but she's she's got between school and homework and dance. She's yeah. just busy. Yeah. So I will do the same thing. She's doing her homework on her bed and I'm just like sitting on the chair in her room just to be in her presence and I basically have a little visit that way yeah Yeah. and they feel that it counts big time it feels like it's like that message right it's like you can be your own person you can push away you can and I'm right here yeah Mm -hmm. just over and over again yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's like it's like what we're all longing for it is (laughs) and I will say like having seen now many kids go through you know different versions of conscious parenting because each family will do it in their own way the results are astounding. Like, I will say that. it's It really works. It's mm-hmm. not perfect, like mm-hmm. I've said now a few times. I don't think it needs to be. But the I'm blown away mm. by the degree of discernment, mm. of the way they can take feedback, of mm. the depth of conversation, of the emotional intelligence they have, the capacity mm-hmm. for regulation, the capacity to not take things personally, the mm-hmm. perspective they have on things. Like, I could go on and on. Like, it's mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Mm. I've seen that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I am so excited to see what happens when more and more of those kids have kids mm-hmm. and that evolution. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and you know, I th- we're probably soon at time, but um, I, I when we talk about conscious parenting, there's two <coughs> things. Some <coughs> of us have been, you could say, graced with fairly conscious or just wholesome parenting. And so it's in a way it's an easier journey because we can we can draw on a lot of what was given to us. Uh-huh. And but I but I see also a lot of parents doing the incredibly important and miraculous work of literally changing the tides within themselves in uh-huh. their lifetime as they're parenting uh-huh. and doing the healing like right in the moment and <coughs> changing what was handed to them and basically breaking a chain reaction which was coming down where you have trauma yeah. intergenerational trauma one generation next one next one next one and then there comes this person who's like i'm gonna stop it now uh-huh. and they do and oh, they they give to their child what was not given to them and then we go back to that mm-hmm. full circle healing we talked about mm-hmm. earlier right yeah and so what my hat ancestors. off to all those mamas and papas because i'm one of those who was more able to go into the mm-hmm. flow of the way the river was going and just carried on. Like uh-huh. I had a grandma who was, you know, in those days, no, a great grandma. I had a great grandma who was told you're only, no, and a grandma, both of them, you're only supposed to breastfeed your child at this time and at this time. And they basically both said, you know, fuck it. I don't know if you uh-huh. can say that word on this podcast, but they, <laughs> they basically said that and just did, no, I'm going to feed my child when he, when she is hungry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that lineage I was able to draw on that hugely. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yes. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I bow down to the courage of those that are doing it really in the face of kind of adversity. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it and it's working. It's, <laughs> it's a like, huge amount of work. Yeah. 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 That's why I feel like I was drawn to being a therapist is so that I could get into my early stuff sooner. <laughs> because <laughs> there was a lot to repat like mm-hmm. there's been a lot to repattern there yeah. there wasn't a lot to yeah to draw in in certain ways like an attachment just so much just so much relational trauma mm-hmm. in my lineage and um yeah and so but it's interesting how life but I always think it's interesting how life knew that like my lineage there was enough resource in my lineage to be like this person needs to do this <laughs> work well, and if you, you know? get if you just get a sort of a good dose of goodwill uh-huh. love uh-huh. kindness willingness to learn you know it, it'll work out right. and we all have things to undo and redo and heal some of us have you know boatloads and others mm-hmm. have less mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess that's why everyone's journey ends up being different. And I just, again, I keep hearing this, like, trusting the process, like trusting the process of mm-hmm. what's being brought or how it's moving through or timing or, yeah. And immense gentleness on yourself, uh-huh. <laughs> whether you're coming from the the beautifully flowing river or <laughs> the boatloads to right. work on, just always being gentle, gentle. on yourself. Totally. And, yeah. I, and to remember that, again, <clears throat> I think people often equate conscious parenting with perfect parenting. And it's, it's I really just want to like put a big line between those two because yeah. if you think that your child is learning so much more from watching you than from what you actually tell, and mm-hmm. research has shown this to be the case, mm-hmm. then your child to witness you moving through hard things and doing it with while being kind to yourself mm-hmm. is that's worth gold, Huge. right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. what a gift you've just passed on there. Yeah. Rather than just showing up always, you know, to 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 be able to watch you go through moods in a day mm-hmm. and catch yourself yes. and ask for forgiveness and you know mm-hmm. make repair where needed. Rewind. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good life skill for a uh-huh. child to learn mm-hmm. if you never ever slipped and fell that can be really a bit of a hard thing to follow mm-hmm. because because we're human we're all going to fall and slip mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so in a way i think i mean that's that's one one thing i'll i'll say a lot to um my clients who come around specifically parenting coaching is introduce yourself to your child as a person who is practicing being human right mm-hmm. <laughs> yes don't nice. not as someone who has mastered the art because mm-hmm. you can really see parents hardening into that where uh, they they get really get and rigid. you can actually see it in their bodies getting oh, rigid and that yeah. they've got to keep this facade of being the all-knowing yeah <laughs> right. yeah exactly yeah yeah whoa yeah life. i mean and really life it's like the art that the perfect way to be in life is to just learning right and curious mm-hmm. and ever evolving and ever changing and ever mm-hmm. ever surprised mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah, is the art of it right get to do that with beautiful children it's such an honor mm-hmm. i feel i just love so soaking up your both of your wisdoms as moms